This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. scream that the first, it hits me you know when yeah. you walk on and people are all screaming at you at one time it's great I started screaming try too and it felt really good you just heard what I started screaming and nobody heard me and it was like great and I was like, <laughs> like doing a fucking weird scream yeah uh, yeah do kind of a primal thing right but yeah. at the top of the show yeah yeah I'm less yeah. nervous now yeah this is the last show of this fucking tour you guys For one second, I almost went, is it really? (laughs) So we're going to sacrifice one of you tonight. We decided it would be fun to end the tour with an actual murder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chosen at random, just like Shirley Jackson's lottery. So don't worry. Everyone has a stone. If you don't have a stone in your your hand, you're the person we're (laughs) killing. That's right. We all throw the rocks at the person without a rock. Yeah. It's such a good plan. It is. It's like you're like a you're kind of like a Shirley Jackson's lottery director, in a way. Can we get uh, yeah, like for with children? Do they ever have that in, in elementary Killing schools? children? That's what you'd like to do? They don't always. Did you, what kind of shoes did you bring? Well, I brought these and wore them the first night and then said, fuck that, and wore, uh, like, aerosol slip-ons the next night. Like and the- then I was like, this is the last show. I should probably dress up. And so I put fancy shoes on and fake eyelashes on. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Georgia, for carrying the weight. <laughs> and your dress. Oh, Yeah. We checked this the what other is it night. Called? The tag. Missy, Missy Miss? It's sophisticated Miss. Let's <laughs> take me. a walk in that outfit. Sophisticated Miss. <laughs> Isn't she a sophisticated <laughs> Miss? Get on up here, Karen Kilgariff, and show them your, your outfit. Flats. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I brought high heels. I think I wore them the first night on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Then I was just like, I don't know. I like the slippers feel. Yeah. I don't, 
You know what I mean? Well, this I'm, sucks. No, I totally get it. Should I take... I'm taking these off now. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. You guys saw them. We're just like Alanis Morissette, all barefoot and fucking... We don't give a shit. I'm hell. <laughs> do it. I, uh, also, these shoes are my fanciest shoes, but they have... <laughs> the bottoms, like, there's just a nail. It's just a nail. Like, that, the thing fell off years, probably decades ago. Probably. And I'm just like, well, they're tap shoes now. <laughs> yeah. Clickety click, 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 click. Yeah. You should have done a little something. Shouldn't, oh shit. That's I, the next tour. There's gonna be a very large uh, choreographed dance oh, component yeah. on the next tour. You think we're kidding. We're not kidding. No. We're gonna do tearaway outfits and. <laughs> I would personally like to do some sort of a we are a part of the Rhythm Nation Absolutely. breakdown. Well, in technically, the middle. any outfit is a tearaway outfit if you really put your heart into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. End of the show. That's right. Tear all this shit away. Tear this shit off. I never want to wear this dress again, by the oh, way. It smells, like, uh, <laughs> it smells like three hotels. And yeah it's not it's not working for me what are your favorite memories from this tour <laughs> thank you for asking yeah. Georgia can I get a spotlight over here please <laughs> <laughs> um, just from this weekend or the whole no, thing no 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 the whole thing you guys it's been going on for a really long time when we did started, we start <laughs> February we started in February February in Portland no Fuck. Oakland Oakland Yes, Oakland. <laughs> the Fox Theater in Oakland. Oh, we were so young and innocent oh, then. I forgot my passport to go to Vancouver the next day. That's right. It Such started a, with some drama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been fucking rock and roll ever since. It really has. Um, we, have a, um, we have a short video of our highlights to show you. <laughs> it's a montage, right? <laughs> Directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> Everything's all centered up. I think Steven, I, play it! Steven! Uh, he's not here. Um, <clears throat> um, but I would say this. My favorite memory probably would be, and you're going to have to tell me where it happened. Okay. Um, yeah, right. I'll remember. Indianapolis, I think. Okay. Maybe Milwaukee. Oh, the... The girl... Yeah. Uh, there was a girl who, in the audience, <laughs> threw up oh! and then crawled up the aisle out of the theater. That is... Oh. You're fucking giving them an idea. That's how Karen will love me. I mean, yeah. You, I want, thought you, were, you gotta earn it if you I, want it. And I was like, that is a girl who's doing an impression of me when I was 24. Fucking <laughs> miss her. Last night we had a girl who ended up doing the hometown murder, but she tweeted at us and was like, I, got, I dated a murderer. And we were like, oh my gosh. And she's like, in fact, I want to tell it so bad, I'm going to wait to get blackout drunk till after the show. Yes. And we're like, well, maybe we shouldn't pick her. <laughs> okay, she changes her mind. But then Karen fucking voodoo just random picked a girl in the audience and it was her. It turned out to be her. Ooh. Do you understand what that felt like to me? Yeah. The power I it. that I now know I wield. It was super weird because I... I have to say I do, I like to do that kind of when you do the picking, where you're yeah. just like, hmm, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But then there was just something where I was like, it's got to be this girl over here. 
but we already had somebody yeah. who had written something out yeah. that was amazing. So she came up and did it, and then we were like, we have time for one more. And then I was like, it's gotta be you. And Georgia had already written that girl's name down off of Twitter, written it on a piece of paper in case we forgot. So the girl walks up, and I said, what's your name? And she goes, Amanda. And then Georgia just holds the paper up with her name on it, so, like some fucking old-fashioned like, magic trick. Is this you? And she's like, what, what the, the She's fuck? like, what the fuck? <laughs> We were all creeped out. It was the best night. Let's do it again yeah. tonight, you guys. <laughs> oh, we will. Oh, we will. Oh, Don't you hate it when you do something insane and wonderful like that? Like when you turn to the right page, like the exact right page, or like something crazy happens and coincidental, and your friend is like, oh, that's cool. And you're like, no, you <laughs> I begged her from the audience. Like, no, no, it's cool. Yeah. So I gave, I gave you your what? The, I did the. You really I did. Fucking it. new man. That's you exciting. You did it last night. You did it tonight. Yep. I w- I thought you were gonna say your favorite thing was when the girl fucking ran on stage. I don't like that. <laughs> All right. Well, we. Won't. This is our domain. Let's not let's not repeat that. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of triggering. It's triggering. We've talked so much shit about her. I don't think anyone would I want know. to. They're just like, ooh, no, we loved her. <laughs> what, what other things? I guess uh, we went to Cracker Barrel. Mine's are always food. Is it? What did we eat backstage? We just had some great Chinese food. <laughs> Crab Rangoon. It's always my favorite part. What kind of snacks do they have backstage? I Crab just, Rangoon. We demand it. It's on our writer. That's on our writer. Vince knows. If we don't have that, we're not going on stage. That's we, why we're 10 minutes late, yeah. 20 minutes late. They had to go to Shrewsbury to get Crab Rangoon. <laughs> local jokes don't get local work? Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I guess this is our last show. This is why. Yep. Uh, we went antiquing. Oh, yeah. Is it not called Shrewsbury? Am I do- saying it wrong? Yeah, that was right. I'm saying, yeah, that was right. That's what you said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> might not be, I don't I'm know. saying the same thing twice. <laughs> Everyone here is like, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we did go antiquing. Yeah. Lost our minds. Georgia, this is my favorite. Uh, Georgia's like, I have to get these books. I want to get that mirror. And it's like all stuff you do not want to travel with. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, what about this old anvil? Let's buy that. <laughs> and Vince was like, I don't know. And I'm like, I'll make it fit. I will get it in there. I'll get it. And I did. Uh, I packed it today. I have a fucking shopping problem. Like, for real. But it was so cheap. Like, four bucks for this, like... Okay. I have a problem. You had to get it. But it's a fun problem. You had no choice. And then I do the, like, this is so cute, but I don't need it. Who can I get this for? Oh, I have a friend who has it. Okay, I don't get it. Then you're antique shopping for a friend who doesn't probably want it. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Because it was the thing that made me laugh was she was buying it. It was a really beautiful antique baby dress, but also that's haunted. So why would you? Why would you? That's a very good point. Lauren's gonna be like, thank um, you. My daughter is haunted. Now. I don't. Thanks for the possession, Georgia. She was never the same again after that. <laughs> she just keep her head just keeps spinning around. Her voice got really deep. Yeah. So thanks for the $9 child's dress. That's, oh my God, it's so cute. Yeah. What else? Um, you know, so many memories. <laughs> so many great times. White Castle, we did. Uh, no, no more food. Not White Castle. Oh, fuck, we didn't find a White Castle. We never guys. got to White Castle. Shit, I met Cracker Barrel. Yeah. I don't know. Which is amazing. Oh, my it's goodness. It's just as good as you all said it would be. 
And then yesterday, Vince was like, I don't, I guess I don't, I don't want to go to the barbecue place that Georgia wants to go to. How about we go to Arby's? That was a mistake. <laughs> He's standing right over there. No, I love you, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, he's like, he's walking away. Where's oh, no. he going? He's driving the rental car away. <laughs> we, now we have to take a train home. <laughs> Fuck. I liked Arby's only because oh, yeah. there was a picture, and Vince actually, I think, put it on Instagram. Arby's now has a thing called the Meat Mountain. You guys know about this? This People is real. People are wooing like they've had it. I know. I hope you have. The Meat Mountain is an every Arby's sandwich. <laughs> In, in just two pieces of bread. It, it so is. it's just like turkey, roast beef, brisket, a, a fried chicken patty, this, this, ham, whatever. And it's pork this, belly. This tall, was it? Yeah. It's so, there was a little like, like a cardboard poster on, standing on the counter. And as I was standing there looking to see what I was going to get, I looked down, I was like, oh my God. And there was a guy doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and he goes, oh my God, that scared me. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing. Just a stranger and I just start laughing yeah. our asses off at Arby's insane, like they're trying to kill us. Yeah. They're trying to kill us. Heart attack mountain. For real. Hey. What? Happy Mother's Day to Happy all the mothers out Day. there. That's nice. We got a couple mommies. Yeah. Oh man, a pregnant chick let us touch her belly. That sounds creepy. What I'm trying to say is, we were, after the show, we were taking some photos with people, and like, you know, you don't, I didn't say anything, but I was like, there's her, I'm gonna let her mention that she's pregnant, because right. I don't say that. She could have had just a small tumor. Yeah. And then she goes, well, can I pose with you guys touching my belly? And like, all I ever want is to touch a pregnant, like, when I see someone pregnant, I can't be like, sometimes like, can I touch your belly? I don't know why, it's like so sweet to me. Yeah. And like, finally, someone asked me to do it, instead yes. of me going, can I have this weird? It's one of the benefits of fame. <laughs> that and really great Coke. And when you combine them, oh my God. Oh. Next level high. Have you guys ever tried getting high when you're pregnant? It is next <laughs> level. All the mothers in the audience right now are like, I don't like this show. <laughs> or they're I like, don't like what they're saying, and I don't like lying. what they stand for. No, they, they agree. You, you think they're, they high, they're high as balls? My mom told me she, was, she had a, a glass of whiskey and a Tylenol every night when she was pregnant with me. <laughs> there I am now. Janet! I know. She's like, I was stressed. I had two other children. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> and then she dropped my brother. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> it's as if that's such a great combination like in the 70s everyone did Tylenol um, I like the sound of that so much my mom used to always be like people make such a big deal about pregnant women smoking I smoked with both of you and I was like yeah I had really bad asthma and Laura's stupid so like how about it's not a good idea <laughs> We love our moms. Oh, they did a great job. Wonderful families that we're both from. What? Wonderful families. What? Yes. Do we have to stand right next to each other? Sometimes we're in theaters so big that we ca literally cannot hear each other speaking on stage. It's super, uh, it's great for comedy. Do you think in Franklin, <laughs> what's it called? Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I flunked everything did in you? high school. You just called it Franklin? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was not for laughs. That's actually the rap opera about the one black kid from Peanuts. 
which is so good. You have to see it. This is why she's the stand-up. You ran with that one. I've been waiting to say that for nine years. <laughs> you just file things away. You yeah. take them and you file them away. You wait. That's great. Yeah. It's a waiting game. I was going to say, do you think that they say what to each other? But that's not, that was funnier, so now I'm ending it on like a lower note. Sometimes we call that a tag. Oh, a tag. Okay. <laughs> so moms, thanks, thanks moms for shit. People but I bet they actually, in Hamilton, they do say what? Did I just pull out a huge yes. clump of my own hair? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> happen she's shedding jesus christ i need to take vitamins no more arby's for me uh, she was on stage uh, when the first symptom appeared <laughs> what if that happened <laughs> everyone remembers it was ominous oh my god oh well <laughs> yep Okay, I mean, I'll bring you soup for whatever happens. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, we got, we got wished Happy Mother's Day too many times today yes. in like yeah. a, you are mothering age. Yes. So congratulations. And we're both like, fuck no. <laughs> this was me looking at my phone all day long, people saying that. Mm. Oh, like when they tweet things and stuff? <laughs> like, Happy Mother's Day to my mom. To my mom. I'm not your fucking mom. Oh, about us? Wait, what? Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> I meant like strangers, like at the hotel. Happy oh, that's Mother's right. Day. And I was just like, we're not. Thank you. <laughs> I just said thank you, but you too. Yeah. I'm like, can't you see from my th really thick black eyeliner that I'm no one's mother? Yeah. Maybe they thought Vince was our kid. Hair just falling out. <laughs> hair falling out. I only called your mother because your hair is falling out in clumps. <laughs> good point, good point. I posted a photo of my mom today. My friend texted me and was like, can I just fucking say I hate people who are like, post photos of their mom and like, love you so much, thank you for everything you've done to me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, they're not, their moms are never gonna see it. They're doing yeah. it for everyone else. Yeah. And yeah. I literally just said, I posted mine so she, everyone could see how hot my mom was when she was young. <laughs> and I just wrote, uh, you, if it's not one thing, it's your mother, which my nice. sister had done. Yeah. And I was just like, how fucking hot my mom is. <laughs> and so am I, and then so am I, because she was hot. Yeah, so that's why I did it. But then later you posted a picture of Ted Bundy and his mother, yep. which I liked a lot. Happy Mother's yeah. Day. I was looking for an Ed Gein mom. There's no, they don't pose with each other. There was no Ed Gein. No, they weren't allowed to touch Ed and his mom. <laughs> they, there was a lot of rules in that household. Yeah. yeah. About mother touching. The skin bodies, there's a photo of. What's that? There's a skin bodies photo of that, but yeah. there's no mother and son. Right. Anyhow, anyways, <laughs> uh, fire exits are on either side of the theater. Go straight back where you entered. Mm. <laughs> Drink in this part. It's the last time we're gonna do it for a while. I've had a lot of coffee. I just realized, <laughs> and I'm talking like it. Yes. Um, this is so sad. I know, but great. It's gonna be super fun. Let's yeah. not be sad yet, since they paid money to come okay. to a show. <laughs> You came to see us happy. <laughs> Show face. Show face. Yeah, we're going to shine. Uh, should we sit down? Yeah, let's have a sit down. This tour? Um, ooh. Look at these haunted seats. Here? Haunted. Yeah. Like a lady. Um, here's, your, here's your sweat towel. Oh, thank you. Great. <laughs> 
I'm like dabbing sweat and then just like <laughs> pulling it's hair. It's hot in here, Karen. Are you okay? <laughs> nope. I, <laughs> I just, I went on vacation to Chernobyl, so. <laughs> Do you know I would totally go, I like want to go there. No, yes. you can't. Yes, you can for like a limited amount of time. <laughs> they like time it. I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> Oh, they say so time it? Like they give you a tour, but it's like, we're going to dip in for seven minutes, then we're going to run away. Yeah, and they're like, here's where, you're, here's where it's at right now. Here's how, much, here's how many, like you can go get a tour, but they're like, you're literally taking five years off your life. Yeah. And I'm like, who wants to live to be 85? Fuck <laughs> it, I don't care. I'd rather see Chernobyl. Cut it right down. Honestly. Tell everyone in the rest home you went to Chernobyl. <laughs> um, I do hear there's interesting animals there. Right? I have to, Yes. The soil's all fucked up, so these things are like growing at. I mean, like a rabbit with a face on the back of its head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. I have crab rangoon in my teeth. Um, <laughs> crab rangoon. That's the word of the night. Should I go first? Oh, this is my favorite murder. That's oh, Karen. hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming. To our live podcast. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you for coming. This, we fucking love doing this. Yeah, it's so fun. You went first? No, I went first last time, last night. So I go first? Right? Yeah. I believe so. You guys wouldn't know. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, I, uh, I picked a man who I've been reading about for several days. There's a lot of things to read about him, and none of them are good. <laughs> And his name is Gary Heidnick. Do you know Gary Heidnick? Yeah. <laughs> they love him. <laughs> we always say at this barn, like, the, this is where the ushers are like, holy fuck, what's <laughs> going what is on? this? What is happening in there? They were cheering for a serial killer. Jesus. We gotta get that acapella group back. <laughs> this shit is weird. All right, let me tell you a little something about Gary. Um, <clears throat> he was born in November of 1943. His parents divorced two years later, and then he and his brother went to live with their father and their new stepmother. Of course, the father is a bum-out, alcoholic, abusive. I don't think he physically abused them, but he did the classic thing. Gary was a bedwetter, and so to teach Gary to stop wetting the bed, he took his sheets and put them out the window so the whole neighborhood could see. Which also, Michael Landers' father did to him. I know. I, I thought I heard that recently. Yeah, yeah. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Um, Little House on the Prairie, anyone? No. Okay. I'm the oldest person in the room. Fine. (laughs) Fine. <clears throat> uh, oh, I told Georgia the other day we were we were t- telling childhood stories. I also wet the bed when I was a child. Oh yeah, we did. We both did. Um, it was I was lazy. No, <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that. But I did it up until my mother, who was a psychiatric nurse, tricked me <laughs> by one day handing me as I went to bed. She goes, "Oh, come here. The doctor gave me something to give you." And she poured cranberry juice, like that much cranberry juice, into a little glass. And then she goes, "Drink this. It'll it'll stop you from wetting the bed." And it fucking did. Wow! <laughs> Trick your fucking kids. All up here. She 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 was a mind game mom for, for sure. Her. She'd also very very early on, like when I was four, she'd go. Mm, I can always tell when you're lying. And then I believed her, so I stopped lying to her because I was like, well, she's going to know because she can tell when I'm lying. Uh, Mom. She was good. <laughs> well done, Pat. All right. Pat. Yeah. But also, don't forget the smoking. Okay. <laughs> no one's perfect. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, this is a. This is a bit of information about Gary Heidnick that I really enjoy in the, in the way that makes me a terrible person. Um, <laughs> when he was a child, he fell out of a tree and hit his head, yep. of course, classically, but it also deformed his head, this injury. <gasps> so then he was made fun of at school all the time because he had a misshapen oh. head. It seems sad now, but then when I tell you shit he did, you're not going to be sad anymore for Gary. I always try to stop my sympathy because I'm like, but then he's going to kill a ton of people and I'm going to be bummed I felt bad for him. 
But also it's that thing of like, I mean, what, it was, it was the 50s. How come you fall out of a tree and then your head just stays that way? Like, <laughs> no doctors or anybody to help out? Just be like, uh, uh, mm. okay. There you go, Gare. Stay low to the ground from now on. Okay. Uh, so he ended up dropping out of school um, and joining the army where he trained as a medic and he actually did very well in the army until he was transferred to West Germany and he didn't like that assignment. Um, so there he began to develop odd behavior and he was eventually diagnosed as having a schizoid personality disorder and he was honorably discharged with full disability pension. Wow. So this is like a thing that goes through his life where no one's actually sure if he was working the system mm. or if he actually uh, had schizophrenia of some kind or, point, or some kind of mental illness. Point to that head fucking shape and you, you know your answer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that could have been part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, they're like, we don't know if you're crazy. And he's like, but did you see? It oh, sticks out. I'm sorry. Let me take my hat off. There yeah. you go. Ah, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so he comes back to Philly and he decides to be a nurse. Oh no. Uh huh. Does he do bad things, Karen? Um, well, yeah, but not in the hospital. Okay. Um, he, it seems like in the beginning he actually really wanted to be a nurse and help people. He interned at Philadelphia General Hospital for two years. Uh, that was in 1965. It's, give it up for Philadelphia General Hospital. <laughs> what a great place. In 1967, uh, he saved up enough money from that disability pension payout uh, to buy his own house, and he rented out uh, the bottom two floors. So he was, you know, a bit of a businessman. He also started hanging out at the Elwin Institute for the Retarded. Now, this is a theme that goes through Gary Heidnick's life, and it's very disturbing because he goes into the medical profession. He is a nurse. He actually later tried to study to be a psychiatric nurse, but he had he behaved so oddly and had such a bad attitude, he got kicked out of the program. Jeez. But he started to spend a lot of time at places that housed the mentally challenged. Uh, so he was a predator from uh, day one. Can we um, also clarify that she didn't make that name up of the institution? We no. don't use that word. It and was we back, wouldn't. It was and you guys all went, oh, like she made it up. No. No, it was called that. If there's any, if I ever use the word institute, I'm not doing any writing in that line <laughs> whatsoever. That's just a cut and paste. <laughs> Elwin Institute for the Retarded. Um, okay. So, but he was starting to, uh, uh, he was starting to, I guess his, his behavior was affecting his work, whether it was a put on or not. Um, so, uh, he ended up getting also getting fired from the university hospital where he had gotten a job. Um, in 1970, his mother, Ellen, committed suicide. And from there, his behavior uh, got even stranger and worse. He, in 1971, he took a trip to California where he decided he needed to start his own church. Oh. You know, the natural path. <laughs> Nurse, minister. Yeah. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when he came back to Philly, he started the United Church of the Ministries of God. 
um, nice long name. He was, he was the ordained minister. He had about 50 parishioners and most of them were patients that he had met at the Elwyn Institute oh, for the retarded. Man, fill that room. Yeah. However you can. Yeah. What? I mean, was that bad? We, it wasn't great, was but. <laughs> no, I just meant. I didn't mean that in a... I believe you. I know what your intentions okay, were. Okay, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And now I feel really I self-conscious did. about having look, bare feet. it's the whole... <laughs> <laughs> so I feel weird. <laughs> like, look at that barefooted bitch. Yeah. I'm gonna saying all the wrong words. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, quick reminder, we didn't do any of these things. <laughs> Fucking Gary did them. Okay. Yeah. In 1975, he opened a Merrill Lynch account in the church's name, uh, and he started investing in stocks. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Now I feel really weird. Socks? Stocks, yeah. Oh, socks, I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to make that good sock money, baby. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's crazy. <laughs> And how fitting, because I was just, no. <laughs> He's the guy that invented gold toe socks. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tube socks, that's Gary. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the ones with the little ball in the back? No. Um, he took $1,500, and he eventually parlayed it into a half a million dollars. Like, with good investments and, I don't know. Uh, moxie. Um, okay, so um, he ends up buying himself a used Rolls Royce. He bought a Cadillac. Um, he got a customized van because he's a creepy old perv. And, and then he bought himself a new house. Um, so during that same time, um, he also was in and out of mental hospitals and he was it, because he would get in trouble with the police He would pull guns on people. He's super aggressive a lot of weapons charges and when they would interact with him They'd just be like 5150 you're mm. out of your mind um, Okay, so in 1978 he began this is gonna get Problematic everybody in 1978. He begins dating a mentally challenged woman named Angeline and they have a daughter together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So one day he decides that they should go Oh, sorry. Her name is Angelique and they they decide they need to go visit Angelique's sister Alberta who is also mentally challenged and she lives in a home so they go they visit her they sign her out on a day pass and she never comes back Ooh. and so the staff it goes to investigate and eventually they find alberta chained up in gary's basement whoa yeah so um the, uh she'd been raped and she had contracted gonorrhea from oh. that so he's charged and he's sentenced to three to seven years in prison that's it yeah Aww. it's 1978 this was back when rape was not that big of a deal <laughs> So, in 1983, he's released from prison after serving four years and four months. Um, and he immediately signs up for a mail-order bride service. Yeah. He's a romantic. So... 
<laughs> he starts corresponding with a 22-year-old Filipino woman named Betty Disto. And um, he tells her, of course, I'm a minister. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have my own church here in Philadelphia. And eventually, in, in through these letters, he proposes to her and he convinces her to fly to Philadelphia and marry him. And um, she does, and everything's great for a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, not long enough to sustain a relationship. No, I feel like you need to build in more time, um, more than seven days. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so it's, what happens is Betty leaves the house one day and when she comes back, she finds Gary in bed with three women. Uh, and she freaks out and is like, what the fuck is going on? And then he's like, get in here, you old nut. (laughs) Get in here, Betty, you old stick in the mud. And she's horrified, of course, and baffled and, um... So then that's when the mask comes off and he starts to beat her. He becomes incredibly violent at all turns. And um, he basically just starts constantly bringing home sex workers and uh, mentally challenged women to have sex with. And she's just like, I'm in the fucking nightmare world and a different country. And she doesn't doesn't know anybody but him and his friends. So she um, eventually turns to the Filipino community in Philadelphia and is just like, can someone please help me? Because I'm like basically abandoned here with this lunatic. And so um, the people that she meets there say, you have to leave and you just have to leave and don't come back. And they kind of set up a plan for her. And so she one day tells Gary, um, uh, well, she tries to confront him to say that she's had enough. This is not the life that he had promised her. And he beats the shit out of her and rapes her. Um, So four days after that, she says, I'm going to go out shopping super quick. I'll be right back. And she fucking bails and doesn't come back. Good for her. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Um, And then she went into some... Philadelphia, Filipino-American underground, and they fucking took care of her, and she, he never saw her again. She Fuck was gone. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Good job. That's right. Um, so remember that if you're ever in trouble. Uh, okay, so two weeks later, um, the cops come and pick up Gary for spousal rape, for domestic abuse, for indecent assault, and for involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. Uh, unfortunately, the parole period for the last... Um, uh, for the last sexual offenses that he had been in jail for had ended the day before. No. Yes. So uh, Betty doesn't show up in court to testify against him, and so all the charges are dropped. And Which no- is so insane that you're like, you're a victim, and it's not going to happen unless you come and fucking yeah. reopen all the wounds you're working to get past. Right. Like, can't they just use hearsay? <laughs> No, I was always saying that. I was like, it doesn't work. It's not going to work. No. Um, yeah, but it makes it so hard. Okay, yeah. so this was basically a turning point in Gary Heidnick's life where um, he, she, her leaving him and the lack of control that he had over her for doing that kind of set him off in a major way. So this is 1986. It's Thanksgiving, and he goes out to find a sex worker. And that same night, Josefina Rivera had gone out uh, to try to make some money so she could get, um, so she could buy her family Thanksgiving dinner. Aww. And so she's out. It's raining. It's a cold night. And a Cadillac pulls up, and um, 
makes her an offer. She gets in, and um, it's Gary, and he drives her to 3520 North Marshall Street. And uh, when they pull into the driveway, she sees the Rolls Royces, and she sees fancy cars, and she's like, this is probably, I'm, I'm going to get everything done yeah. and get out. Um, so she feels hopeful, you know, she's like, okay, this is, this is going to be good and I'm going to get my money and mm-hmm. be able to get out of here. So, um, when they go up to his front door, he pulls out this really weird looking key and what it is is half a key. And she asks him what the deal is. And he said, the other half of the key is already in the lock. So I am the only person that can open this door because he's the only person that has the other oh, half of the key. Creepy. Right. You're standing there and you're just like, um, okay, well, um, <laughs> Okay, we'll see what happens. So, yeah. Um, So they go into his house, they go upstairs, um, they have sex, and when she uh, is getting dressed again and she thinks she's about to leave, he comes up from behind, starts choking her, almost chokes her out, she's begging him to stop, and he says, fine, get down on your knees, put your hands behind your back. So he handcuffs her wrists behind her back. And then he walks her down into his basement. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had a picture. Sometimes we have visuals. I'm dying to see what he looks like. Give me your arm so I can pinch it. There's a picture of, (laughs) there's a picture of this basement. And it's, it's not good. It's, it's, it's not finished. Um, (laughs) It doesn't have any shelving. Um, Mm. It's not swept. It's the creepiest fucking looking basement in the world. There's a dirty mattress on the ground. Oh, no. And um, there's some plywood. Uh, the, the concrete on one side of the basement has been pulled up, and there's plywood on the ground. Chill. Uh, right? So he, and there's a bunch of exposed pipes and stuff. He um, <clears throat> takes her and chains her to these exposed pipes. He sits her on the mattress, so she's chained oh. to um, these pipes behind her. Then he puts his head in her lap and goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> uh, this is not how I expected this to go and it's almost creepier. Yes. Yeah, cuz he's just chilling out. Um so yeah. she then of course eventually also kind of nods off. When she wakes up, he's gone. Um she's still chained to the wall and she looks around and <clears throat> Um, she sees that the plywood has been moved and there is a small pit in the center of the room. Mm -hmm. So Gary comes back with um, some crackers and water and he explains he's got a plan and his Mm -hmm. plan is that he's going to get 10 women pregnant so he can start his own family. Oh my God. Uh Uh-huh. You know how you do down in a basement. They say it's the most romantic room of the house. <laughs> Don't they? <laughs> yep, those unfinished basements. Mm. The ladies love them. Okay. He leaves again. Josephina realizes she's fucked. This is crazy. This is bad. And she has to get out of there. So she starts working on her handcuffs. And she somehow is able to loosen some kind of a tie that she has. I'm not exactly sure how, but she basically is able to reach up and push open the basement window and lift herself up and she starts screaming out of it. And she screams and screams and screams and nobody hears her. Oh, I knew it! Except Gary. Oh. So Gary comes down and he unchains her from the wall and he says, you're not ever going to get out of here, so stop trying. 
and then uh, he puts her in the pit. And it's not, it's barely big enough to hold a person. Like she's all super smashed up in there and he puts the plywood on top of her and then he puts like bags of soil on top of the plywood so she's totally weighted down and she's totally stuck in there. And then as he leaves the basement, he turns it on like the hard rock station and turns the radio all the way up. So even if she screams, no one's gonna be able to hear her over the music. Fuck. Yes. All right. <clears throat> so she's down in there and uh, then when she wakes up, she wakes up to the sound of a woman speaking and the sound of chains. And what's happened is Gary, uh, Gary lets her out and she stands up and she's all cramped up from, from being down that fucking pit. And she sees that Gary has a half naked, um, mentally challenged woman with him. And he's basically brought another woman down into this basement. And um, he introduces them, because <laughs> he is nothing if not a mannered person. Oh my God. Um, <clears throat> her name's Sandy, and uh, he leaves. And so Sandy tells Josephina her name is Sandra Lindsay, um, and that she met Gary at the Elwin Institute for the Retarded. Mm. So when he was going there, he was basically going there and meeting patients and making, you know, making them believe that he was their friend and grooming them to basically eventually be molested by him mm -hmm. and uh, convince them that he was their boyfriend um, so he could have complete control over them. Mm. So um, uh, they are chained to the wall together and the next morning um, they're <laughs> eating breakfast and, uh, which is crackers, and um, <laughs> They hear a knock at the front door of the house, and it turns out that Sandy's sister and her cousins are looking for her, because they, when she didn't come home the night before, they knew it was bad. And so they're out on the street, they had found um, a friend of Sandy's named Tony that they knew she hung out with a lot, and they went to Tony and they were like, who else do you know that Sandy knows? And they were like, we know this guy named Gary. He's the, she's the first girl, sorry. Sandy was the second girl. Okay, got Josefina's it. the first girl. Got it. And Josefina is, uh, well, you'll see. She's, she's in it the whole time, and it's pretty amazing. So Sandy, um, uh, so Tony gives uh, Sandy's cousins and sister Gary's address, and they come and knock on the door. Mm. Um, but Gary just doesn't answer it. And then when they leave, he comes downstairs, and he has Sandy write two letters to her mother saying, uh, I'm fine, I ran away. Don't worry about me, I'll get a hold of you later. So <clears throat> then he tells the girls that his plan is he's going to drive into New York and send the letters from New York so they see that the post mm -hmm. um, mark is from New York and they believe that she ran away. Yeah. Well, of course, when Sandy's mother gets these letters, she's like, no, she's never written a letter like this in her life. This is not, this yeah. is, there's something even more wrong here. But they take it to the police and the police will not listen. They are like, this is a runaway. She's an adult. It's fine. Don't we, you know, this is just somebody that didn't want to live with you anymore. Yeah, She's yeah. a runaway. They can't get the police to help. Um, these are all also, I guess I should say, the, all these people are black, except for Gary Heidnick. Um, so I think that also probably had a big, right. a big part of it uh, was there, this dis outhanded dismissal of like, oh, well, don't worry about them. Um, you know, they they're doing what they want. A lot right. of people are accused of being prostitutes when they're not, or sex workers when they're not. Um, really, really shitty treatment. Okay, so uh, 
So, all right, that was that whole page. I hand wrote this. <laughs> she okay. does that. Thanks. Yeah, that's all I wanted. A little bit of credit for my handwriting. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so now it's three days before Christmas, and uh, Gary picks up a girl named Lisa Thomas as she's walking to her friend's house. She's 19 years old. She is not a sex worker. Um, she's not mentally challenged, but she is impressed by his car and his generosity. He uh, offers to take her to dinner. He's very sweet to her once she's in the car. She found... she finds that he's very charming, and um, he tries to get her to go to Atlantic City with him, and she said, I can't, I don't even have good clothes on. He pulls out a $50 bill and says, you can go buy some new clothes right now. And so uh, she gets caught up in, you know, this guy, you know, treating her so well, and at one point he says, come back to my house, we'll drink some wine and watch movies. So they do that, and while, while they're, she drinks a bunch of wine and falls asleep on his couch. When she wakes up, he's raping her. <gasps> When he finishes, she gets up and is putting her clothes on, and he does the thing where he strangles her from behind and gets her on her knees and then handcuffs her. So mm. then he brings her down into the basement. Um, and uh, he takes the plywood, and Lisa, he, the, he pulls the plywood off the pit, and Lisa sees that Josefina and Sandy are down in the pit, oh, which I can't, shit. when I was reading that part, I'm just like, can you fucking imagine that, like, there's people, this basement's yeah. creepy enough, and then it's like, oh yeah, you guys move, there's Already somebody else Already done here. this. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of people down here, and they haven't been able to get out. Oh no. All right. Ten days later, uh, he comes home with Deborah Dudley. Now, Deborah Dudley, um, <clears throat> I believe, is mentally challenged, but she fights him the entire time she's there. So she, she starts, yeah. So here's the thing though, he has it so, and he eventually starts manipulating all of them. So if Deborah Dudley is fighting with him, he beats her and then he'll beat the other girls for her having fought him. So then they start oh. trying to fight her to get her to stop fighting him oh, because no. everybody's getting beaten. He takes a big like two by four and beats the shit out of all of them. Oh, and Jesus. they have to watch it. Then he starts, he makes them have sex with each other and he just stands there and watches. So it's just this degradation and this beating and mind fuck and mind fucking so that they are all basically trying to get him um, to treat them better and so it's that thing of uh, he, he'll pick one to not beat and he'll be like I'll leave you with the stick I'm leaving you're in charge if anyone misbehaves you beat them then when he would come back if nobody had been beaten they'd all get beaten because somebody should have been beaten while he was it's all that kind of shit it's mm. fucked up happening stuff down there some fucked up happening stuff <laughs> is what it's called in the mm. textbooks. Mm. All right. So, um, so on uh, two weeks later after that, he brings 18-year-old sex worker Jacqueline Haskins into the basement. Um, and, then, uh, and then on January 18th, Sandra gets caught, the second girl. She gets caught trying to move the plywood off the pit because they're down. He puts them in the pit all together. So he's dug it out a little bit. It's getting okay. bigger and bigger. Okay. He comes down and digs it, makes them watch him dig it while they, you know, eat crackers or whatever. Sometimes he'll bring them really nice food. Like, like he one day brings them a, just a huge Chinese food meal and champagne. So it's just like, or, or it's just, or nothing. Um, 
you know, totally mind-fucking them. So Sandra gets caught trying to move the plywood off. And so Gary hangs her by the wrist and, like, one handcuff from the ceiling pipe. Oh, dude. And um, he, he leaves her there for a couple days. Oh, so man. the other girls are like, she's getting sick. There's something wrong with her. You have to take her down. And he's like, no, she's faking. I'm not going to fall for it. He's, of course, getting increasingly paranoid. Um, he believes they're all plotting against him at all times. He's constantly ready for them to try to attack him. Um, and he did, this is super, super fucked up. He would do this thing where he would, when he thought that there was a chance that they were plotting against him, he would chain them up and then he would try to shove a screwdriver in their ears. No! Because he thought if they were deaf that they couldn't <gasps> plan anything against them. Oh no. Should we take a quick break? <laughs> <clears throat> I can sing some songs from Oliver if you want me to. I was in it when I was 10. Do you know the words to the Franklin musical? <laughs> I bet you don't. I do. Yeah, sing a little Franklin for us. I know. I'm Franklin, the only black boy in this whole damn town. <laughs> Da, 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 da. What the fuck is going on? Is this Northern California? Okay. Gary believes that Sandra is pregnant, and that's why uh, that's why he he is um, I don't know. She she gets sickly. She's lethargic. She has a fever. She starts throwing up. He says the only reason she's throwing up is because she's pregnant. Right. Um, eventually. She loses consciousness. When he comes back, the girls are like, you have to let her down. And he lets her down, and she just drops to the ground, and he kicks her into the pit. And so when she gets, when she, he kicks her into the pit, all the other girls realize, now she's dead. No! Yeah. This so, is so horrifying. It's really bad, right? Yeah. Now, that's the point, right? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Nobody's surprised except for the one person who was like, my friend can't come. Do you want to come? I've never heard of the podcast. I'll come. Oh, also, my, like, little cousin is here. Yeah. And the rest of my family is, like, really nice, normal people. Uh -huh. And she's never heard the podcast. And she's going to be like, Mom, mm -hmm. Georgia's cousin, I think there's something wrong with Georgia. Do you think she's going to tell on you? She's going to rat you out? Yeah. Yeah. My friend Molly's here, and she brought her mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> Having no, she had no idea what was going on. Oh, so. poor baby. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, you know what? I once did call uh, Jillian's mom when she was in high school, and I was like, she's got some slutty pictures up on Facebook. You should say something. <laughs> so to get back at me. That's right. She's going to fucking... Sorry, Jillian, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> but you're too young. Yeah. Her cleavage. I like that you narked her out for oh, that. Oh, fuck yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Save it for college. Yeah. Turn the page. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I'm interrupting. Please don't be. I think we needed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he takes the body upstairs. And, I mean, can we just... What? Can it get worse? Yes, it can. The girls are all down in the pit together. Oh, no. And then they hear a power saw. Oh! She didn't do it, girl. I mean. So, in the next couple days, they start to smell a terrible smell, of course. Not just them down in the basement, but the whole fucking neighborhood. 
And so the neighbors end up calling the police. And when a patrolman goes by the house, <laughs> uh -huh, he says, oh, I just burned a roast. And the patrolman's like, well, high five, buddy. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and he leaves. Yeah. So um, the paranoia is getting worse. Um, uh, Deborah Dudley is continuing to defy him. So now he goes into a whole new level where he's starting to, because um, they're all wearing chains and the chains are connected to each other. Mm -hmm. So he strips um, uh, an extension cord. He strips off the insulation and starts electrocuting the chains. Yeah. Dude. It gets really bad. And um, when... Uh, the next time Deborah Dudley um, defies him, he takes her upstairs, and when she comes back down, she's uh, like scared out of her mind. And the girls finally get her to say what is going on. And he took her up into the kitchen, and then he took a lid off the pot. No, and no, no, no. She no, looked inside, and no. uh, Sandra's head was no, inside no, the no, pot. No, 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 no. Yes. yes, we're doing this, stay with me. Do not fucking leave me at this point. We all agreed that we were doing this. <laughs> God damn it. All right. So eventually, basically, Deborah Dudley loses her shit and is like, what the fuck, you know, whatever. And so he gets so mad at her because she's fighting him so hard. He puts her in the pit and he puts water in it. And then he electrocutes her and he ends up killing her in that pit. Okay, so now Josephina, who this whole time has been trying to make a plan, she keeps, she, the whole time she's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay on this guy's good side. So when it would be the thing of like, you get the stick and you have to beat the girls, she would play along with him just enough so that he would believe her mm -hmm. because she was like, I have to win his trust. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I'm going to get out of here and that anyone's going to get out of here because this guy's fucking out of his mind. So she's trying to play him like the entire time that way. So once he kills the second girl, Deborah, she's like, okay, like I have to, you know, I have to really do something. So she, um, she's really trying to like pretend that, she, you know, like play the wife part, really yeah. kiss his ass, really like, really act like she hates the girls and wants to do anything yeah. against them for him. Um, so finally, um, she, uh, once Debbie dies, he makes Josephina sign a paper that says, I killed um, Debbie, I'm responsible for her death. It makes her sign it. And then once she signs that, he believes that he has her completely under control because if she goes to the police, she's the one that's going to get arrested for that crime. Come on. So she's like, oh. sounds good to me. Yeah. What a great plan, Gary. <laughs> Super smart. I bet that's what's going to happen. <laughs> So she signs that paper, and then on March 24th, she convinces him to let her leave and visit her family. And, and in return for doing that, she promises that she'll bring him back a new girl. Whoa. Yeah. And so he's like, that sounds great. Plus, I have the paper you signed, so this is, lo yeah. this is a lock. Yeah. Everything's awesome. He drops her off at her apartment and says, I'll wait for you at the gas station. She runs up into her apartment. Her boyfriend's sitting there. She's been missing for four fucking months. 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 She runs in. She's screaming. She's like, I've been chained up in a basement, this fucking lunatic or whatever. And the boyfriend's like, you're crazy. Are you on drugs? Shut up. Swear to God. Swear to God. She couldn't look like, nor like no, herself. No, she probably didn't look great. Um... <laughs> 
but she she ends up showing him all of her scars and her where the like the huge wounds where the chains have been and he's like oh shit so I hope he, she broke up with him after what the <laughs> fuck or maybe their love got even deeper and stronger and he was like I'll never doubt you again yeah, baby there we don't know <laughs> what we do know is that he called the cops okay when the cops show up they're like you're crazy and yelling and then she's like, how about you take a look at these huge gouge marks everywhere on my body? And they were like, holy shit. And so they go to the gas station. Gary's just chilling out in his Cadillac, oh. waiting for his, his lady to come back. And they arrest him. And then uh, two officers go to the house. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. So, of course, they can't get into the magical front door. Uh, <laughs> That did work. He was right about that. Oh, my God. I mean, it's kind of a great idea it's that I never thought about before. Yeah. Fuck. Although, I mean, someone could just take the half key. Yeah, but they'd have to get it off of him first. Yeah, I mean, just punch him in the face. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, so just before 5 a.m. on March 27th, 1987, the police arrive at Gary's house. They break down that front door, and they go down into the basement, just like Josephina said they needed to. And down in the basement, they find Jacqueline Askins. They find Lisa Thomas. Um, and they're both naked and chained to the ceiling pipe. They free them. <clears throat> and then Lisa points to the plywood. And, oh, the, sorry, there was an, I skipped a part. They, they, he had gotten another girl, mm -hmm. another sex worker named Agnes. Agnes was in the pit. That, so they pulled the plywood off and she was down in the mm. water in the pit. <sighs> then they go into the kitchen. Uh-uh. Stay out of the kitchen. I mean, no, they gotta go. That's the thing, you gotta go in the kitchen. I know. Um, in the kitchen, they find what looks like human ribs in the oven. And when they open the freezer, they find a human forearm. What? Yes. So, uh, basically, he's, a, he's arrested. He is tried and convicted on 18 charges. Jeez. Two counts of first-degree murder, five counts of rape, six counts of kidnapping, four counts of aggra aggravated assault. Um, his... He tried to claim that Josephina was his accomplice, uh -huh. and this amazing judge, I believe her name was Judge Abraham, um, when he tried to argue that, his, you, you have to read about this story, his defense lawyer is such a scumbag. Like, everything he says is the grossest thing you've ever read. And so one of his, his attempts at a defense was that it was Josephina's idea. Yeah. And that he had tried to hit Josephina was his accomplice. And the judge was like, because he was trying to plead insanity, yeah. not guilty by reason of insanity. And the judge was like, well, then if you were smart enough to get an accomplice, you're not insane. And then they're like, oh, no, no, then she's not. Okay. Oh, Forget my it. God. Forget that. Cancel that. Cancel that cancel, order. Cancel, cancel. <clears throat> um, so yeah, the, it 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 <laughs> is so insane. Oh, and then this. So the 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 uh, final blow uh, against the defense and by the prosecution is just so amazing. Is they call Robert Kirkpatrick to the stand, and that's Gary Heidnick's um, broker at Merrill Lynch. What? Uh huh. His sock broker. Yep. And they were. <laughs> <laughs> they get that sock broker on the stand. And that guy says, uh, he testifies that Gary was an astute investor who knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, shit. So there goes the insanity defense. Fuck yeah. That's right. 
He gets convicted, he's sentenced to death, and on Ju July 6, 1999, he's executed by lethal injection, and... I mean, I kind of like this, uh, no one came to claim the body. <laughs> They're like, no thanks. And if any of that sounded familiar to you, Gary Heidnick's crimes and the basement scene was the inspiration <gasps> for Buffalo Bill in Silence oh, of the Lambs. Shit. That's where that that's where that came from. Uh, Ew, I just gave myself chills. That was weird. Isn't yes. that crazy? Yeah, as soon as you were like basement yeah. pit, loud music, fucking Mr. I got your dog. I'd fuck me. <laughs> the whole nine yards. Oh. <laughs> Remember? Let's work out your dog. I don't want to hurt your dog. That, are we? This isn't proper. <laughs> it's not. It's not right. Anything we're doing. No. No. So that's the story of Gary Heidnick, Philadelphia. Yes. That's your guy. Excellent. Excellent. So awful. So awful. So bad. Horrible. Disgusting. Well, now that's my turn. I'm gonna put my shoes back on. Okay. First, because I just feel creepy. Someone oh, you need some shoes? Feel creepy. And <laughs> do you feel like, do your, your feet feel hot with the eyes on your feet? Well, just knowing that these could easily go on wiki feet, these photos, <laughs> where there already are photos of my feet. No. Yep. What? Yep. Do you guys know about wiki feet? You know how if you put, you put like an actor, an actress, usually just an actress, an actress's name into Google, it, if you put the name in, you, like one of the things that'll come up underneath it is that person's name. So it's like, Deborah Messing. One of the first things that'll come up underneath as a suggestion is Deborah Messing feet. Oh no, I didn't know that. There's so many foot fetishists out there. Well, there's a Wikipedia for feet and like any, if like Deborah Messing was at the beach, it'll just be like a close up of the sh photo of her feet. <laughs> and then they grade them and mm. like they comment on them and like great toes, like, or she needs a manicure, but otherwise I like her arch. Oh my I'm fucking kidding you. Wow. Yep. So I, uh, check that out when you get home. I better stay covered up for the rest of my life because I have Fred Flintstone feet like you would not believe. <laughs> I'm dying to look you up on that right now. <laughs> Let's get it up on the... It simply cannot be. <laughs> All right. Well, my murder, there's only one person who gets murdered, so okay. it's a little more lighthearted. Okay. Nice. We'll end so, on an up note. Glad we're ending on this one. Uh... All right, this is the story of the only known case of homicide committed by an Amish man, Edward Gendrich. Wait, say the second part again? Edward I, Gendrich. Oh, Edward Jewish? Gendrich. Got it. Gendrich. Mm -hmm. And he's not Jewish. Okay. He's Amish. Amish. Um, Amish. <laughs> he's an Amish man. Yeah. Okay. So picture an Amish guy. Okay. Kind of hot. <laughs> Just saying. Kind of a Viggo Mortensen yeah. in witness situation. Yeah. Did you see me pause up here? Because I was like, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> then it said it Just anyways. Say it. Got to. Um, okay. He is born on August 18th, 1963 in an Amish family from Rockdale Township, Crawford County, Pennsylvania. Um, he was said to have been somewhat of a rebel in the Amish way of life from an early age. What? He chewed gum. I don't know. What's a rebel? He kicked his rock one time. Yeah. He didn't work for three hours one day. <laughs> he put brown sugar on his oatmeal. <laughs> 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 
Whoa, Edward is rock and roll. God, I'm so into Edward. <laughs> he wears his hat at askew. <laughs> his family reasoned that, and he was, so he was a rebel who was kind of crazy, like, you know, wild. And his family was like, well, if we get an unwaveringly faithful woman to marry him, she'll be a good influence. And so they married him off. Uh, December 2nd, 1986, he's married to an Amish woman named Katie. And people in their community are like, Katie, don't do that. They were like, a bunch of people were like, I don't fucking believe in this. Huh. Which is like, you have to get married. And but they, they were still like... Because they thought he was a creep? I think that they were worried, yes. Okay. They were apprehensive. Mm -hmm. That's not my word. <laughs> uh, I don't say that. <clears throat> they had three kids, Danny, Enos, and Mary. Um, and he was starting to show signs of behavioral changes after the marriage, and they became more and more noticeable by July of 88. He lost a ton of weight, became super depressed, um, and he spent a lot of time in the wood shop, and he got more and more interested in the machinery um, of the Amish people, but also with interacting with non-Amish people. Mm -mm. Everyone's known as the English. Did you know that? No. Like, everyone here is the English, unless you're Amish. Oh my God, is there someone Amish here? <laughs> They're like, my first day of Rumspringer, I'm gonna go to a murder podcast. <laughs> someone, there's like a group of kids that are having the most awesome Rumspringer yeah. right now. They're just fucking like, we're gonna go from a barn to a murder podcast. And they were like, shit, she's reading our only hometown murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I was gonna do. <laughs> Um, okay. So while he was working in the woodshop meeting English people, he befriended a non-Amish man named David Lindsay who told him that unless he renounced his Amish faith and became a born-again Christian, um, that, which he was, he would go to hell. Ugh. I dated one of those. Nuh-uh. <laughs> I swear to God. That he was like... In college, the first guy I dated tricked me. He was, we called him the secret born again Christian because he was in the theater department and he never talked about religion at all until he and I started dating, dating. And he was like, Karen, I just need you to say these seven words. I was like, I'm already Catholic. Like, I think Jesus has got his eye on me. <laughs> I don't need your bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Did you dump him? No, he dumped me. <laughs> Man, I would have made it my mission to corrupt him and then be like, okay, but bye. <laughs> Wish I could have. Ugh. I was like, huh, what? The Lord who? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. Okay, Christian. Then, oh, and also that he would go to hell and that he was, and that led him to believe he was being confined and held captive by his wife, Katie. So Edward's mental state, it continues to deteriorate. He begins hallucinating and has a psychotic break that scared his entire community. I bet. <laughs> Seriously. Starts ripping his hair out, claiming that it's on fire. Um, his hair? His hair. Yeah, that's what's happening with my hair. <laughs> oh, we all forgot to... There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Attention, your hair is on fire. Why wouldn't you tell me? <laughs> just, it's just a very small smoldering fire. It didn't back. look that bad. We let it. I mean, it's kind of cute. We thought it was your look. That's the new look. <laughs> Smoldering. Hot. <laughs> Hot um, fire. Sorry. <laughs> Hair fires. <laughs> da, da, da. Okay, so Katie found her husband in their bedroom, spitting at the ceiling and mumbling to himself. And she was like... Sorry, isn't spitting at the ceiling spitting at yourself? Yes. <laughs> that, is a good, that is a good point, unless he was really good at spitting. Yeah. Unless you go ding out the side. No. No. Still wouldn't work. Okay. Um, and that at that point she was like, "That's it, can't." <laughs> she couldn't. That, that was, was the limit. And limit. She's like, "Pull your hair; that's on fire. You're the devil." Yes, spitting on the fucking ceiling. Get out. And then they they do this thing that Amish people don't fucking do. She's like, "Call nine one one. This is wow." Yeah. She's like, "I can't with this." Anymore. How do they do that? They send a cow yeah. out into the street or something. <laughs> says call 911 on it. <laughs> they light a candle, put it on a cow's back, push it into the road. <laughs> Send the 911 cow. This <laughs> is fucked. We are screwed. I would I would say that we're going to get a lot of mean emails, but no one's listening to no. us. <laughs> I can't say shit to us. <laughs> Oh wow! This is—I feel free, like for the first time on this podcast. Oh, I feel so free. Oh, I can talk shit on whoever I want. <laughs> Steven, don't cut this. Steven, leave it in and turn it up louder. Nine one one, Amish people—it was a big deal. Okay, so he, uh, he so he's um, also. Okay, eventually, uh, so he, Edward gets treated at a psychiatric hospital in Jamestown, New York, where he's diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Um, and he's given medication, of course, and uh, it started to help his hallucinations. But when he got home, he was like, this is putting me in a zombie state, and he didn't like it. So he did what everyone does at some point in their medication <laughs> therapy, is he's like, I'm good, quit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't do that. Um, but, 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 I mean, if you want to get off, like, just, just don't quit. <laughs> I don't know. We're both doctors. <laughs> we should have said that at the beginning oh, of this oh my God. Uh, podcast. Yeah, we should have said it. Doctors. Medical doctors. Uh, 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 uh. 
but his wife was encouraging him to stop as well because she was a traditional Amish person and she, you know, wanted... She just wanted things to be better. Yeah. Yeah. She, okay. But his, his state of mind continued to decrease. He started saying he was the devil. And then on March 18th, 1933, Katie and Edward... What year? What did I say? 33? Nope. <laughs> that isn't he went right. back in time in the Amish time machine, yeah. which is a pile of hay. That isn't... <laughs> Died head first. Um, that isn't right, and that's not what I wrote. Oh. It's 1993. Right. Okay. So Edward and Katie are having an argument, and uh, she starts getting worried about it and his temper, and she sends her six-year-old son to run and get help. But the two younger kids stay behind. Mm. Um, at that point, uh, he runs and gets his uncle. His uncle goes back to the house, and by then, Katie was long dead. Oh. Um, it started that he punched Katie in the face, knocking her to the ground. Then he beat her to death. Oh my God. Sorry. Um, he had, with his boots, he stomped on her skull until it was left unrecognizable. And then it gets worse. Oh. He removes, so she's dead. He removes all her internal organs. Oh shit. Places them in a neat pile. How? Karen's calling bullshit on this. That, no fucking way. <laughs> Show me a neat pile of large intestines. I'll give you $25. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. Not no, to I fucking you. love it. No, I'm glad that you said that. Okay. Because I hadn't thought of it. And as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. No. Someone just say that to make it seem even worse? <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay. So, and he did all this while his two young children were in the house. No. No. Um, uh, and then he said for some reason later that for some reason he thought they could save her so he was like trying to keep her organs to like in a clean pile to like save her later so he was just totally psychotic break not in the real world in any way Um, so so they run him call 911 and they find the EMTs arrived and found a scene so horrific that uh, one of the EMTs immediately left to vomit. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, Edward was gone, and so were the kids. But don't worry. They found him later that day walking on a country road with his kids, and the kids were fine. Okay. Um, Edward's arrested. Pleads insanity. The defense argues that uh, Edward was affected by the fumes he inhaled accidentally in the workroom of the wood place, the wood house, the workroom. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> What do you call it? The wood room. The wood room. I, it doesn't sound right. The work wood. The wood. Oh, the wood work room. The woodworking room. The woodworking room. There it is. Steven. Steven, speed that whole part up. <laughs> Play the whole thing backwards, Steven. <laughs> so they're saying like he was in an unventilated room where they were using solvents all the time and he went out of his mind because of that but it sounded like a lot of stuff was saying that before that he was you know it was almost like the the perfect (laughs) the perfect storm yeah there was already stuff happening right okay 
So the Amish community shuns him at this point, which is like the severest sin is straying from the Amish ways without repenting. So he's punished with excommunication, which is like fucking huge. While in prison, Edward says, he starts following a new religion and signs a document saying he's an evangelical Christian. So maybe he met your ex-boyfriend. Yeah, he's probably good friends with him. <laughs> um, so, okay. <laughs> My dumb one-week college boyfriend pops up from the side. I just need you to say seven words, Edward. Uh, I don't know where, oh, he's tried, he's found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, but mentally ill, quote, and he's sentenced to a term of two to five and a half years. Was this Amish court? (laughs) Um, Which means he was eligible for parole by 1995. He's denied his first bid, but he is granted his second. So sorry, because it was in, not guilty by reason of insanity, then he only has yep. okay. Yeah. But they don't put him in a mental hospital. They put him in a state correctional institute. Okay. So I don't know. It doesn't sound like. And maybe there's an, a mentally ill ward. Let's maybe. Say. Let's pretend. <laughs> okay. So after five years in '98, he gets released. He's 34. He's released, um, and after the forced, yeah, mental health. Okay, he moves into a mental health facility in Michigan, and he also lived in Indiana before returning to the Brown Hill Amish community in February 2007. Um, and then, and they put him in like a, a thing for mentally ill Amish people. I guess there's like a one room somewhere with all the. <laughs> it's probably kind of fun. No, 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 no. They killed people. Sorry, he killed people. <laughs> It's hard not to just try to imagine things about Amish people. It's, <laughs> it's mysterious, yeah. and there's lots of barns. Yeah. Interesting. And it's hard on a podcast not to say the first thing that pops into your mind, <laughs> and then regret it. Right. It's kind of what we do. Yeah. It's kind of it's our like, jam. You just roll the dice and hope you're, you don't say anything stupid. But it doesn't work. So it's, it's it's quiet like when people are like, oh, I don't want to tell her she's saying exactly what she does. <laughs> oh no. Oh, like I just don't want to say anything stupid. And everyone's like, uh, um, do you listen to the podcast? Um, you don't know where Delaware is. <laughs> we all know. Oh, they're right over there. Uh, <laughs> You don't know that 25% and a quarter are the same thing. Hey, we live, we learn, just like Alanis Morissette said one time. Okay, so he'd been out of um, prison for 18 years, and he's living on his attorney's property in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania, which is like, oh, it's so, like, sweet, kind of, you know? Yeah. Even though, like, the attorney was like, oh, I know he killed her, but... He has nowhere to go. He's mentally ill. So he's living there for about a year when, at 44 years old, he goes out to the, to the horse barn and in the morning and his, the husband and wife attorney are like, where is he? And the wife goes, finds him. He hung himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know it's, uh. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) He had written, the only suicide note he left was a message in a, on top of a dust, in dust, on top of a bucket that read, forgive me, please. That's so Amish. (laughs) He's like, I can't use a pencil and paper, so. 
I have to write on a bucket. That's part of the rules. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, so the attorney said his community completely deserted him. They shunned him. They kept him from rejoining his family, which I guess the family, his immediate family did want to like take care of him and take him back. And they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him uh. take him back. Um, he was an awfully good person and he could have helped his community a lot. I don't know about that one. Hey, I mean, here's the thing. Listen, look, there's a lot to learn. Listen, look and listen. (laughs) Despite all that, he was allowed to be buried in an Amish cemetery with an Amish... um, Headstone? Cemetery, no. Celebration? (laughs) What are they called? Funeral? (laughs) Yeah, but like the organ, you know the, you know what I mean? No, I don't. Okay. (laughs) Like an Amish burial, like they said the prayers. Are there prayers? (laughs) <laughs> I think so. Okay. I can't it's not what you. they're guessing. <laughs> oh, it's called a la la la. Butter churn. <laughs> um, and the attorney said that that's all he would have wanted. So it was oh. the only, it, as far as I could tell, at least at the time, it was the only known case of a homicide committed by an Amish man. I bet there's other ones and they just won't tell us about it. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. That was amazing. That was Edward G- uh, Gingrich. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there's, the lights come up and there's just a row of hats in the back. Oh my God. We I heard just, what you said about oh us. Oh my God. I don't God. know. The, what's the accent? That was oh weird. Oh my God. It's not the accent. And it's called a ceremony, Georgia. Oh, someone did yell ceremony. Okay, that's what I meant. Ceremony. Yeah. Celebration. <laughs> yeah. it's, you had CE, right? I did. I yeah. shouldn't keep drinking this coffee. Do it. And chug yet. it. Chug it. Chug it. Mm. Cold. Do we have time for a... I think we do. Do you think we can... Uh... Yeah. Let's do it. To the one mom out here, this is when we... Ask one of your one of your fellow audience members to come up and tell us their hometown murder. Now, I let if you're Amish, we'd love to see you. That's for sure. Wow, it goes back so far. There's so many empty seats. Let's get that arm in the back on the right. Where? Yeah, and there's somebody holding up two arms. Wait. Oh, that lady with the shoes in her yeah. hands? Okay. Yeah. Um, do you ever, th- when you see two empty seats, do you ever think, oh, what did they fight about <gasps> on their way here and turn around? <laughs> I want you to want to do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going home. <laughs> Man, they had a big fight. Yep. That's so, like, intense. Dear Karen and Georgia, we broke up on the way. I hope you're happy. Um, okay, Vince is going to come get you. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even tell you anything about it. I don't know. There's two people. Uh-oh. I think you can both. Oh, my God. What if you both fist fight right now? <laughs> Last man standing or a woman. I feel, yes, uh-oh. Yes, yes. Do I feel it, like neither of you look crazy, so both come on, of you, you go, go this both, way. Go over to this like, young, young lady. Yeah, you have to walk down that way. And you have to slide your butt across people's laps. <laughs> do it. This was a case of uh, random gesturing into the audience gone wrong. That's right. Not right. It's very hard to be accurate in Sometimes this situation. It goes. Can we get the lights down or they're going to freak out? When yeah, we don't want to look at It's you. real scary to see all of you. Especially you up there. <laughs> you guys are You rowdy. guys are the scariest of all. Hi, guys. What the fuck? Hi. What's your name? 
Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi. What are you doing on stage? Hi. Hi. <laughs> what the fuck? What are you? What? Are you, what? Was that the sound guy? <laughs> what was that? There's just some dude wandering around back there. <laughs> uh, yes, it was the sound guy. Hi. What's your name? Bob. Girls first. Do you stand back there? Andrew. Oh, it is really bright up here. I know. I know. What's your name? My name is Alana. Hi, Alana. I'm here with my friend Elena, and we actually oh, became friends because of this show. Oh. We like the probably the second time we talked to each other, we told each other that we liked the show and bought tickets. So oh my god, I love so, it. Um, very nice to be up here. I'm shaking a little bit. Sorry, I yeah. actually took my shoes off to like. Wave, saw that. So they're kind of wonky right now. We're, we're so. twins. Yeah, just slide them back um, on real fast. Just so you know, you don't seem nervous, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Good. I, get, I see the shake. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys seem yeah. well. Look, okay. me too, though. <laughs> so, my hometown murder is also, it's like a mixture between a, um, I survived. Yeah. And a murder. So Yay. It's good. It's good. It's one of the faves. Huh. Those are opposites, though. <laughs> well, I'll trust you. So, um, I'm from Delaware. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised. I grew up in Newark, live in Wilmington now, so. Um, all right, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, You're not nervous. <laughs> Fake I handshake. No, I'm just no. Um, I work in politics, so I'm. Oh, okay. So, um, so do we. Yeah. <laughs> Murder politics. So I grew up in a very suburban neighborhood in Newark, Delaware. Um, home no, of the University know. of Delaware. Um, Stop naming right. cities and tell the story. I, I like Shit. it. I like it. It's good. Okay, so um, we've got another story to hear. <laughs> Sorry, pal. We're getting there. It's not that long. So okay. um, there was so the neighborhood that I grew up in, very nice neighborhood. Like nothing happened, kind of just like a sleepy neighborhood. We like played all the time outside and all that kind of shit. So um, one day there was this woman in like the front of the neighborhood. So like you could see the house from um, the main road that was that would go by. So um, she was like out tending to her rose garden. And that's important. <laughs> okay. Um, and so she's like sitting there, and I guess. Somebody drove by, and he, he worked at the local Chrysler plant, which went out of business, which was a big deal for Newark. Um, and he saw what he liked. And he was like, oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check that out. Roses? Um, <laughs> yes, he liked the roses. I mean, who doesn't, right? So um, he... I wish I could show you a picture, but it's fine. Um, he use like, your words. Use your words. Yeah. Okay. Paint so it with he, your words. He drove to the front of the house, which was kind of like the side of the house because of the way that the neighborhood was um, set up. And he, like nobody knows, there was like a bus stop right there. Like it was a beautiful day. Everybody was out, nobody saw him. And he went into the house because nobody locked their doors. It was the 90s. Mm. Uh, I, it was probably 98. Um, I think I was four. So <laughs> he, Went into the house and he waited for her to come in. Uh. But she didn't come in first. Her husband <gasps> came in and he shot him. And who shot him. who? Wait, who shot who? Oh, the the bad guy shot the, the good husband. Guy. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Why would the, why would the husband? 
and shoot the bad guy. Wouldn't that defeat the purpose? Because he saw the bad guy in his house. That's, that's like not even murder. That's like defense. Don't fucking you know? listen. You know? <laughs> Just saying. So, um, Alana. Alana. <laughs> so, I, I guess the woman's name is Debbie. So Debbie didn't hear the gunshot, I guess. So what? after she was done tending to her roses, she came in the house and there was this man standing there and he fucking kidnapped her put her in the back of his car and drove her to his house like five miles away and tied her up and just like repeatedly raped her over the course of several days. Oh my God. Um, and she, was it, I think it was your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like befriended him mm-hmm. and like made her trust him and was like, he, he would like go to work for the day while this woman is just like tied up in his house because he's, fucking horrible um and then he would just come home and rape her so (laughs) one day before he went to work she was like you know what these ropes are like really hurting my wrists um do you think you could loosen them or something so he loosened them because he trusted her and she managed to like get out of the room that she was in because he was not as smart as gary he did Mm -hmm, not keep her in the basement with chains so um she managed to call 911 and like i mean they came and got her and everything was fine she lived so there was the i survived yes Yay. but the best part of the story is that um well actually there are two really good parts my parents were in New Orleans at the time, and this was like national news, like people were talking about it. The neighborhood I grew up in was called Academy Hill. Um, and so they were calling it Academy Kill or Murder Hill. Oh. And in New Orleans, and my parents were like, holy fucking shit, I fucking <laughs> live there. Um, so my grandparents had come to take care of us, and I distinctly remember riding my tricycle like towards the house and my grandmother chasing after me. Because <laughs> um, like at that point, they still hadn't found the woman, and oh like, my God. she's like, no. There fucking cops everywhere. Um, So that was one good part. Another good part is like probably six years ago, I was watching I Survived. It was the first time I ever watched it. And they like, in that show, they kind of show you like a nice little clip rather than and it's like, it's nice. It's like a breeze flowing, right? So it's not cheesy or anything. And so they show this clip of these rose bushes in front of the house. And I was like, why does that look so fucking familiar? And like the neighborhood I lived in, there were only like three different houses and they just like made a billion of them. Um, So like I, it ended up being Debbie and it was really fucking creepy. And she actually has an episode of I Survived? She has an episode of I Survived and it's really good. I don't remember which one it is. It's been forever since I've watched it. That's amazing. Probably should have watched it before I did this, but I did not think this was going to (laughs) happen. You did good. Yeah. Wow, thanks so much. Thank you. It's really good. Well done. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for being here. Go ahead and take that mic from her. Thank you. All right, you come over. Thank you. I'll take it. I have to give it to Bob. Should I go down or can I stand here? Yeah, you can get in here. Whatever you want. Was Andrew? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Andrew. Andrew. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. So surreal right now. You have to know, isn't it? Like, wow, you guys are real people. I know. It's not weird. And I'm a too. Hi, guys. They're all watching us. (laughs) Oh man. So, whichever. Do you know any songs from Franklin? (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny? I had never heard of Hamilton, and like I'm a teacher, so all the other teachers like you never heard of Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know now, right? Yeah. Okay. Before we start, I just want to know that the audience is going to vote on the best story, and that the person (laughs) is going to get the the person who gets murdered. Right? (laughs) Oh, good idea. Yeah. That's right. Good thing my story's horrible. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) 
Um, my story is actually about a coworker that I had at one of my first jobs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course, a lot of you guys know in here uh, the most wonderful place in the world, Christmas Tree Shop. Um, <laughs> what is that? I'm, I'm from Connecticut, and they have a store called Christmas Tree. <laughs> um, they have a store called Christmas Tree Shop, and it just sells like all the bullshit that you can't find anywhere else. Like, Year round. If you yeah, if you want like a flamingo made out of old tin cans, it's like painted all nice by like Chinese slaves. Oh my yeah. God, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's it's right George's ne- dream store. It's right next to the dog food and right next to the gummy bears and right next to all this like, crazy shit. Wow. Okay. What? So, Wait, why do they call it Christmas tree shop? Because it's like a bunch of just random stuff. They don't sell Christmas trees. They don't sell no, anything Christmas this isn't. Okay. They need yeah. to get their story straight. Exactly. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> um, so there was a guy in the stock room named uh, Zachary Lapalooza. And <laughs> I've been was- to his music festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry about you that. You grabbed it. It was there and you grabbed it. Oh, yeah. Um, it was when I was like 13 or 14. Actually, no, I had to be like 16 because there was no way I was working then. Right. Um, so I was like, I was around 16 and he used to do stock room. He was like 26, 28. He had like a bowl cut that made his head look exactly like a penis. Whoa. <laughs> exactly. How, how? Like it was just like, if he had, if he had like his haircut was just like. like <laughs> oh, no. Perfectly, like, as though he had a penis bowl that they cut. Through his you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I want to so, look like a. <laughs> it was. It was bad. It was uh, bad. Yeah. But he was a really quiet guy, really like mild man or whatever. Every time I used to come in, he used to be the one to open the door in the back. So I used to walk in, hey, what's up, Zach, and like go to work, whatever. But we had another manager named I think her name was Chantrice or something like that. Really bitchy, <laughs> bitchy kind of lady. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it happens. Yeah, really kind of bitchy lady, but. Apparently, uh, they had had some kind of problem where he fell off a ladder or did something mm. or other. She said that it was his fault, so he didn't get workman's comp and Ooh. he got fired. Ooh. He flipped a shit, came in the next day, was like, where the fuck is she? A guy that I had never known to be like angry, he was really quiet. He just came in freaking out. You were there. No, no, I was not there. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, no. By this time, I had gotten fired for coming back late on my break. <laughs> but, <laughs> for what? Christmas yeah. tree store is intense. Exactly. So, so uh, I had found out later on that he freaked out, whatever, whatever. Um, they had sent Chantrice to work at the uh, Christmas tree shop in Rhode Island. It's like all the way across state lines. He found out that she was there. Yeah. Got a big fucking kitchen knife or something. <laughs> but Drove all the way from Connecticut to Rhode Island across state lines. How far out, is that? Yeah. Uh, that's like uh, pretty far. How many? <laughs> like an hour? I'm horrible with, with maps and stuff. Oh, we're like the wrong yeah. people to be You guys on. were talking about where Delaware was. Two and hours. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I see two. I see two. Two hours. Yeah. Somewhere like, I mean, pretty far. Got so it. Like, okay. Okay. And so he drove across state lines, found out that she was working at this Christmas tree shop, sat out front, waited for her to leave for the night, mm-hmm. drove back to her house, and then killed her in the house. <gasps> Stabbed her something like 78 times. Oh Whoa. Wow. Yeah. At first it was like 45 times, and he was like, put her in the car, drove away with her. Yeah. So he drove away with her in the car. Uh, then apparently he was like, ah, 45 was not enough. He got out of the car, stabbed her another like 30 times. Holy yeah. shit. And then took her body, threw it in like a ravine somewhere, and threw a toilet on top of her. Yeah. Zach. Right? Like fucking Zach. Come yeah. on, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that was, he, uh, 
stabbed her 70 times, threw her into whatever. They, they found her like a week and a half later. Shit. Yeah, and they had no idea who it was, but then they had uh, blood evidence that she had like tried to fight him or something. They found blood evidence underneath <gasps> her, uh, her nails, yeah. yeah, and realized that he was the one that got fired in Connecticut, oh, yeah. tied it all back together and went and found him. So now he's doing life in Rhode Island. Wow. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> That was amazing. Wow. That was pretty crazy. That was a good one. <laughs> you think you kind of know someone. Good old Christmas tree shop. Yeah. I, you know what? You see that bowl cut, you just walk the other yeah. way. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Am I right? All right, thank you. <laughs> thank thank you. you, Andrew. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. For, all right, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Huh. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. That was so cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah, leave that for That Bob. was our last hometown of this I tour. <laughs> Yeah. Best friends, best friends, brand new best friends. They'll be signing autographs in the lobby after yep. this. <laughs> uh, you guys, okay, we've had the best time on this tour. It, it has been so cool to be here with you in real life and see that the bullshit we do in George's apartment actually matters to seemingly a shit ton of people. It's such a huge compliment. Yeah. It really is like, and every single fucking person we've met on this tour has been cool and someone we would be friends with and hang out with and yes. so fucking nice and awesome and it, we feel so lucky. Yeah, we, so we talk crying. about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you're crying. Um, <laughs> we talk about it all the time though, they're just like, we keep saying that to men, so we're like, can we just keep doing this? We, we want to yeah. do this for a living. How could you not want to do this for fucking right. a living? So thank you for... You guys being here, buying tickets, supporting us is the reason we can even do it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Philadelphia. Thank you so much. You are an amazing crowd. Stay sexy. And don't get Bye, you guys. Thank you.